Meanwhile, recorded live from the Lava Lamp Lounge, it's somewhere in between a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to a supernatural radio noir. It's issue 48, The Adventures of Marcus Little, part one. Sometimes it's quite obvious that we wear our influences on our sleeves. And other times, it takes us a while to get where we want to go. Of course, I grew up on listening to the radio. I got a radio for my 10th birthday, and not only that, but it had a little tape dispenser on the side where I could record things and you know, shows that I was listening to and songs that I liked, and, and it was a, a revelation as a young person and certainly sort of set my path in terms of what I wanted to do later in life. Of course. <laughs> Who wouldn't? But there was certainly an evening very early on in my childhood when I first got that radio and I was alone in my bedroom where I, I stumbled upon a something I'd never really heard before. A, an audio drama? Characters acting out a story? But only with voices. This wasn't like TV or movies. Growing up in the 70s and 80s, I never really experienced radio the way that previous generations did, where it was a primary narrative delivery system. And so my experience was catching an old rerun of some show they called Old Time Radio or something similar. And uh, yeah, it was certainly absolutely foreign and unfamiliar to anything I had heard previously. I mean, my entire relationship with listening to things up until that point had been song-based. So I wanted to hear this song. I wanted to hear that song. I wasn't quite getting super sophisticated just yet. I think I was a big fan of Springsteen and things like that. But this was beyond a song or an artist that you liked. This was, this was very, very different. And as the years went on, I started to understand a little more about what it was that I had heard and certainly what I wanted to do now that I knew it existed. Part of my long-standing desire to be in radio is, well, to make radio dramas. <laughs> to turn these stories that I had once heard as a child and had absolutely my mind just blown open and, and do something at least in the spirit of that for people that I knew. And, of course, this was a, a very difficult thing to get going. You start writing scripts, but, of course, who can you get to act them out? You don't have recording equipment or gear. And then when I got into radio, uh, finally, I was so into albums and music that getting a group of friends together to read some sort of radio drama felt a little outside of what I was really interested in at that particular moment. Let's face it, 
Sex, drugs, and rock and roll is very hard to resist, especially as a young person. But this interest in radio dramas also caused me to check out some albums from the library here and there. And then, of course, CDs later on. These uh, stories had definitely been captured and saved and traded and shared with people all throughout time. And I was just kind of catching the tail end of all of this when people were finally getting around to digitizing it all, instead of relying on third-generation cassettes that they mail-ordered from some person in Connecticut. And having access to the library and being able to more expertly dive into this... uh, genre, as we'll call it, definitely led me to the opinion that some of the best stuff was in the detective mode, as they say. I just couldn't get enough. Uh, I, to this day, subscribe to podcasts that just feed me old-time radio shows, specifically detective ones. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things that I I think uh, constantly evokes something that I'm chasing both in my entertainment and in the things that I write. And I'm quite proud of what I'm about to offer you today. This is uh, probably the first fully realized detective story that I have managed to produce uh, in spite of my interest all these years. And and I've uh, certainly put pen to paper in the past, hoping that I could achieve something like this. But this is the first time that it actually worked out. Uh, you know, I, I'm afraid of saying much more than that. So perhaps uh, we need to set a mood here. The problem with detective stories is that they require a very specific kind of ambience, something to really help bring the story together. Let's see. How can I do this? Oh, yes, of course. Oh yeah, this'll do nicely. Okay, uh, time to get into character. Let's see. Office, interior, night. Okay, motivation. You're a detective, and you're kind of lonely. Action. Sometimes I'm not sure why I even go into my office in the evenings. It only seems to provoke some sort of dangerous encounter or a disaster of some nature that I really don't want to deal with at that particular hour. And yet, sitting in the office at night is often meditative. I feel like I do my best thinking, especially when I'm looking out that window and watching the street race underneath me. Cars zipping back and forth, people on their errands, running around, on their way to who knows where. And of course, that's when you stepped into the office. I could have locked the door, turned the lights out, enjoyed my whiskey in private or something like that, but instead, you came in. You said your name was Randy Stone, and immediately, I knew who you were. Your stories in the paper had become legendary over the years, and certainly I was following your most recent spate of tales, chronicling 
Some of the interesting cases of an old co-worker of mine, Marcus Little. I thought I had seen the last of that name quite a while ago, in fact, but people keep on bringing it up. And every once in a while I have to talk about how I'm involved, what my connection is. Frankly, I just knew the guy, but people always want to know more. Sometimes it gets dangerous. Sometimes it's funny. But so far, Randy Stone had not contacted me. In spite of his clear interest, not just in the history of Marcus Little's case files or the various different stories that he used to tell when he would have a couple under his belt, but in all the while that Randy had been printing all this stuff, I'd been wondering when he would knock on my door. It was only a matter of time before our paths crossed. And I, for one, had been sort of waiting for the opportunity. I knew that there was plenty to tell him, and certainly he was ready to listen. But something else told me that he wasn't just here for the story. When he finally did say, So you're Dexter Rowland. I've heard so much about you. And yet, you seem smaller in real life. I laughed. Well, Mr. Stone, what is it? Do you want to hear my side, or do you want to just trade barbs? He sat down. Well, let's get started then. If I remember correctly, the story went like this. Not in words with... It is 9.59 Standard Time and you're listening to ABS, the American Broadcasting System. And up next we have It's Matt Smith's Place, where hilarity and radio meet square in the middle to bring you something now. That's right here on ABS, the American Broadcasting System. It's easy enough to spend all your energy reading the clues, and it's also easy enough to lose sight of the big picture. From the twisted case files of A.C. Richards comes another tale of the small man with the big caseload. It's the adventures of Marcus Little with Nate Kelly as Marcus Little and Jessica Norman as his secretary, Cindy. What happened was this. I was at my desk enjoying the squawk box. I was counting the rings on my hangover and my lucky stars as I tried to balance breakfast in the checkbooks with diminishing returns. Each recalculation was only getting worse and I was almost ready to go for a walk when my secretary burst in on me. What do you want? A raise and some comfortable shoes. Why don't you use the ones you've got and make a U-turn instead? Because I'm hoping to turn your day around with what I've got. If it's what you usually have, then I'm moving into the passing lane. Back it down there, four-wheeler. Your CB still works, I imagine. It depends. Who's on the line? Maybe someone we can string along. Or maybe someone's looking to string us up. Hard to say. Maybe try picking up that knitting needle and see if you can make us some greenbacks. Dig? Big 10-4, Cindy. Marcus Little, no case too small with big rewards. 
How can I help you? So you're Marcus Little. There must be an echo. How can I help you? My name is Sarah Lund, and I've got the do si if your dance card is free. Can you meet me at 7th and Broadway right now? <clears throat> Just like that, then. Excuse me? Let me echo this time. Excuse me. You're not even going to show off your dance moves first? Can't you give me some tune you can barely hum before you cut to the chase? Or should I call your bluff now and be done with it? Why should I? It's customary. But you won't believe the song I'll sing. That's what I said. No, I mean, you actually won't believe it. There isn't an echo in here. There isn't an echo? There isn't a metaphoric echo either. I need your help. I see. Well, there's no point in a song and dance or some silly story when you should just let me hire you and be done with it. What if it's a good story? <sighs> I mean, I spent an awful lot of time on it. So what's your hurry? Because you're on my dime now. Can you please meet me at 7th and Broadway? It might mean the difference between life and death. See? Now you're beginning to sound a little interesting. Look, I don't normally bite unless the bait is particularly good. So why not give me the elevator pitch? What's the what? In more words than that. It's... It's my friend. I think she's in trouble because of someone she works with. I see things in my mind. Don't ask me how. And I want you to help her before it's too late. Well, why didn't you say so in the first place? How long before... Let me grab a few things and I'll head over. No more than, say, 20 minutes? I'll be there. How will I'll I... I'll recognize you. I didn't really give it much thought outside of the fact that it was another case, just like any other. I decided to keep the theme music going and pocketed the radio, along with some note cards, pens, keys, a pocket watch, and some good old-fashioned luck. Where are you going? To hear a tall tale. How big of you? Where? Where else? Seventh and Broadway. Getting out into the smog-soaked city was just what I needed for my jangled nerves and irritated id. The traffic snarls and grim utterances from the people around me not only felt like a reassurance for my career choice, but a reflection of all the ugliness I see in that reassurance every day. I puffed on a cigarette, lost in thought, and almost missed my turn when a voice I sort of recognized called out to me, suddenly. Marcus Little? Sarah? Yes. Let's go. It's just... What? You sound... Sound? I mean, you don't... Don't what? What? Excuse me, I'm just nervous about being seen in public. I know a place where we can go and talk. I'm just not... You want to be indecisive your whole life, or do you want to make some dough? Have it your way, Sarah. As Sarah began to lead me off the beaten path, I began to realize I didn't know where she was taking me. All of these red flags were starting to wave in unison, something that would normally put me off the case like some boiled English food would put me off my dinner. And yet Sarah seemed harmless. There was certainly something about her that triggered something in me, and that's always the case with the best women anyway. I always see the world in terms of the peace I'm missing. She finally grabbed my hand and pulled me into Hap's Cafe which was enjoying a good brunch crowd into which we could hide between the cantaloupe slices and half-drunk cups of coffee. She almost shoved me into the booth in the back and took the seat with a better vantage point, but once she batted those lashes at me, I knew I had her right where I wanted her. So... Sarah is good for right now. But that's not your name. Is that going to be a problem? Depends on what else you're hiding. Nothing that a healthy bank account and nice legs have helped me keep hidden. I can already tell this is going to be a lot of fun. 
Welcome to Haps. Can I get you some drinks while you wait? An orange juice, please. And a cup of enthusiasm. Pardon? <laughs> Black coffee. Oh, a charmer. Nice. Working here must be fun. I need your help. There is an echo, I guess. Yes, we've been through that part. But you left me hanging and it's a week later. And I've come back to see how the next reel of the cereal turns out. It's my neighbor. Something's going on there and I need you to check it out. I see. What does your neighbor do? Oh, you know, the usual. Keeps weird hours, leaves lights on all night long, and we can hear strange sounds coming from the walls when you walk past at night. Something's going on in there that just ain't right. So I get the role of the nosy neighbor come to find out what's up in some cliched sitcom. And when I have some idea, I... You call me at this number to arrange another meeting somewhere else. I just need to know what's happening. You do nothing, okay? One apple juice and one chamomile tea. Excuse me? Yes? This isn't what I ordered. And I asked for coffee. I don't think so. Actually, I ordered orange juice. And I asked for coffee. Are you sure? I was here too, you know. 100%. Because I feel like you ordered apple juice. I don't even like apple juice. Okay, okay, I get it. Orange juice and a beer. Coffee. But at this point, I'll drink whatever you put in front of me, provided it's liquid. They must be asleep. What about your friend? The one in trouble? What are you talking about? On the phone, you said you saw things in your mind. A matter of life and death. It certainly piqued my interest enough to keep reading. Yes, that's why I really must know what's going on next door. I think my friend might be involved. So why don't I meet you at home after I confront your neighbor? You ask a lot of unnecessary questions for someone who charges $250 a day. Plus expenses. And right now, I'm not sure I'm even splitting the bill with you for this meeting. (sighs) Look, the truth is that I am a fortune teller. Like in the movies? But prettier and more expensive. I work out of my home, and recently there's been some activity next door. Some strange, weird stuff. That's what you get when your house isn't zoned for that kind of business. Haunted? Dunno. But it's been putting my house back in line with what the zoning commission would prefer, that's for sure. No one stops by anymore. I see. And once I start asking a gumshoe to help me with a little ghost problem, clients start to question why this gal, with a powerful connection to the spirit world, can't get a ghost to just leave when she wants it to. Clients ask more questions than the zoning commission, apparently. Which is why you don't want me just to drop by your house. Can't you see why I couldn't mention this on the phone? Why I needed to tell you in person? (sighs) I follow. So you'll take the case? Yeah, I'll take it. Thank you, Mr. Little. If we could get started on this immediately, it would certainly ease my mind. I can only imagine. Okay, two waters. You ready to order? We'll be in touch. Certainly. What's wrong with her? It must be the atmosphere. Well, what do you want? Coffee. But clearly, I'll need to go somewhere else to get it. Marcus Little may have big problems ahead if he doesn't pay attention to the small details. We'll find out what happens next on The Adventures of Marcus Little after these messages. Hey, kids! Have you ever had this happen to you? You're having a good time, playing kickball with friends, and suddenly you're thirsty. But this isn't just any thirst, and regular old water just won't do. 
We know that at times like this, there's nothing kids want more than amazing Bar C soda. Now with twice the power packing pop of any soda on the market. Bar C soda has that taste that kids crave. And with the triple P flavor of power packing pop, Bar C will be a hit with all the kiddos this summer. Just listen. Bar C soda tastes like playing outside with your friends. The only thing better than cartoons is a bottle of Bar C. That feeling you get when you're going down the slide or riding your bike really fast or, or that moment before you land on the cement beneath the jungle, Jim, that's what Barcy soda tastes like. Freedom. That's what Barcy tastes like to me. Freedom. Once again, that's Barcy soda. Now with twice the power packing pop in every bottle. Buy some for the kid in your family. Every year, hundreds of personal injury cases go unprosecuted, mostly because the clients didn't know their injury could earn them big cash dividends. Hi, I'm Mort Linger of Linger and Hook Law Firm, and your hangnail can earn you money you never knew you had fast. Do you have a case of tennis elbow that ruins everyday activities? Are those foot cramps in the middle of the night becoming a nuisance that you can no longer take lying down? Are you having difficulty hearing after you and a friend attended a local rock concert? Well, these are just a few of the cases that we have litigated for our clients over the years. And we are proud to report a 62% success rate, better than most firms in the tri-state area. Watch your stubbed toe turn into a pile of stubbed dough right before your eyes. That's the lingering hook law firm at Klondike 657. Tell them Mort sent you. The Adventures of Marcus Little features Nate Kelly as Marcus Little and Jessica Norman as Cindy Baumgarten. Featured in the cast were Jill Honstein as Candy Matson, Heather Sadowski as Johnny Thunder, Sean Royal as Mort Linger, Jeff Parks as Itty, Dash Thompson as Barney, Travis Doan as Fred and Ape, Tim Maloney as Parson Sanders, Don and Horace Withers, Emma Pace Jonas as Betty, David the Weatherman Wills as Merlin, and David Little Fyodor Lichtenberg as Greg. Also featured were Jason Ramey, Kelly Taylor, Jessica Ramey, Jesse Sutherland, Bella Ramey, Austin Rich, Stella Starr Schaefer, and William R. Harris. Our music was by Brendan Murray and Matt Orifice, and our script was by A.C. Richards. Your announcer was Fred Weiser. The Adventures of Marcus Little can be heard every week here on ABS, the American Broadcasting System. ABS, it's what's on. This is ABS, the American Broadcasting System. (laughs) Yay. The Adventures of Marcus Little, Part 1 of 6. Tune in for the next five weeks to get the full story. And that's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Somewhere in between, a radio zine. The Adventures of Marcus Little, Part 1. Issue 48, written and assembled by Austin Rich. With all the things happening in the world around you, 
it would be easy to overlook that today is the 51st anniversary of the day the Oregon Highway Division decided to blow up a rotting, beached sperm whale using explosives to the horror of everyone who has ever heard this story, no matter what year it was. We hope you take this story as a lesson. Remember, don't blow up beached whales, ever. This episode was produced by Austin Rich in the Lava Lamp Lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology. In the long-standing tradition of most zines, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story, music, or poetry that you'd like to send in or read, or you just want to be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you. Somewhere in between? A radio zine?